Hello, listeners. My name is Sophie Jeffrey, and I am one of the co-editors of this year's edition of Montage, which is McKendry University's literary and creative art magazine. We had a great edition this year. We had over 42 submissions, and I think we put together a really great edition of our magazine for everyone to read and look at. Um, I have a couple of our authors here today with me, Anna Belmonte and Greg Casson. We're going to have them read their poetry and short fiction and then give us a little bit more insight into their inspiration and writing styles and little things like that. So I hope you enjoy. And um, here's Anna. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anna. I'm a junior professional writing major. I wrote a short poem called Velvet Paws. Velvet paws on forest loam, yellow eyes the forest roam, mottled mask in harmony with a coat of golden sheen, darting eyes, prickling fur, bearing fangs in its purr, queenly luster in its colors, more glorious than all others. Sultry ruler of the forest is the velvet pawed tigress. Thanks for sharing, Anna. That's great. Um, what was your inspiration behind this poem? Well, I absolutely love tigers. It's my favorite animal. <laughs> it's and a good animal. This, what I wanted to get with this piece was their natural beauty, not their caged appearance in a zoo or in captivity, but them in their natural habitat, which sadly, you know, they're going extinct. So I wanted to capture kind of the them dominating the forest. Yeah, that's a great idea because I think most of us, obviously, if we see a tiger, it's probably going to be in a zoo, yeah. unfortunately. So yeah. that's really good inspiration. Thank you. I like that. Did you write this for like a class assignment or just for no. fun? No, just for fun. I put it up on my creative writing blog, but other than that. Oh, that's awesome. You have a creative writing blog? Yeah. What's the, do you want to share the link? You don't have to if you don't want to. It's been out of commission for a long time. So, I mean, School probably got in the way, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to share, you can. You don't have to. No. Okay. No? okay. <laughs> um, what other, like, do you like to write about animals then? Or do you write, like, about other topics? Because you've been in montage before, right? Yeah, yeah. Last year, actually, I wrote um, a graphic poem, like a visual-shaped poem. Oh, nice. It, you know, I rarely write about animals. I usually write about human and human feelings mm -hmm. and emotions and of mental processes like what you're feeling and how you're dealing with situations so this is kind of unusual for me to more uh, describe the physical aspects of an animal yeah in a, in a poem form so that was kind of unique for me it's awesome i think it worked out really well i enjoyed it thank you that's good um do you like to write like do you write with a pen and paper old school style or are you more a computer or well, I journal with pen and paper. And okay. Sometimes I write poems there, like a rough draft, and then mm -hmm. I'll type them up on my computer and change a bunch of stuff about them. But um, most of the time, I actually write on my computer. So. Yeah, me too. I, 21st century. I can't do it. <laughs> I end up scratching out everything I write yeah, and then getting mad because I'm using up all my pen yeah. ink. <laughs> awesome. Did you have anything else you wanted to share about your writing process or... The poem itself. Well, I mean, this poem, I don't know. I wish I could um, 
I don't know. I wish I could write more about these kinds of things. I mean, it, it was kind of close to my heart when I was writing it, and it meant, I don't know. I have this connection with tigers. I just <laughs> yeah wish that I could express more, like, because I enjoy, like, animal companionship. And uh-huh. So, I mean, this hopefully this will inspire other people to write about what, you know, if they have pets they care about, it's okay to write about, <laughs> you know, what you like no matter what it is. Yeah, definitely. Not all poetry <laughs> has to be a love story. Yeah, or <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's beautiful. I think that's really awesome. You should put together like a collection over the summer, maybe. Wild animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a whole little magazine yourself. <laughs> that would be awesome. I I have a question for you, Anna. All right. Um, have you ever read William Blake's The Tiger? I haven't, but I will now. <laughs> you should. Do we read that for class? Yes, we did. We did. Sorry. That's romantic lit. I mean, I totally remember reading that for class, Dr. Greenfield. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> I know. Well, that's awesome. Great. Well, thanks for sharing, Anna. I appreciate it. Okay, so now we'll go on to oh. Greg Casson, who Joel. wrote a fairly mysterious piece of short fiction for our montage magazine. So we'll have him read it for us and then um, give us a little bit of insight. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Take it away, Greg. All right. This one's called Far Far Beyond the Limits of Human Experience. Uh, Okay, let's start. (laughs) I swaddle in the black blankets of night. In doing this, I am protected. With the moon, the sun is exiled below the, what I conclude to be, raised surface beyond, and cannot peek in her meddlesome head through the gaps in the wall revealing to me the room as she inspects. At night, I can ignore the dust, settled as snow, and the sporadic wooden desks that have been reduced to only a rusted base. Here, I can go blind to the unsurmountable path of gashes and pitfalls that a stick of chalk would need to conquer to fulfill its ambition. I can reject the halted clock in the corner as well. I have long lost the skill to beat it anyway. And, when all light is banished from my sight, I can forget the man in the room. Continually, he sits on a bench frame. What it once was, I do not know. As he sits, he steers. I have been in the mind of this man before, and have come back with nothing but a pitch void. What he stares at is infinite. At night, his senses can be lulled, but when the twisted sun's out in the day, he is compelled to gape over the small, worthless article of whatever antiquity crosses over his sight. A dent in the wall, a fried corner of yellowed paper, a dried pen scattered among a dozen others. His eyes do not follow the detail, rather, they get lost in the hallowed contour. Space has swelled, staring upon the minute, the man is presented with his experience by the being of eternity. In return, the man gives up to the celestial creature his irreparable lot. For, if for his only sense of time is light and dark. He used to be able to count out the steady alteration of this light. He had known how often sanctuary had come about, but the numbers ran together, and eventually the abstract skill was stolen by eternity as well. I am this man's only companion in his silent world. However, I failed in that exact task. Fear of asthmatic attacks upon my non-existent lungs corrupt my action as I go to kick up a few layers of dust. I talk of attacking the man, assaulting him off with perch of self-pity, but my weightless body becomes fixed suddenly to its spot. 
I want to demolish the brick wall. I know it. The de- I apologize. I want to demolish the brick wall into the deadly shards I know it aches to become. I want the weathered foundation to fall, stirring the idle man. I want myself to be stirred by the action. I want the man to finally realize how foolish he is, how he is perhaps deserving of his fate, accepting that he cannot leave. I want the man to understand that I am him. I forget it myself from time to time, but this man is me. Oh, I've lost such a certainly invaluable sum to time, being unable to reminisce of a name or of a face in my limitless space. Sorely do I regret not being able to grasp back the feeling of weight my body once beared, the feeling, too, of my pained moment of death. I've yet to recall, and I'm doubtful that I will ever be able to recall, the harsh, fluttering scent of rot that surrounds me, nor can I retain the fixed image of demonic school children being cycled through the exact automated system that once up obliged them to leave me. For, before I abstractly counted each second of my time, only to lose recollection of the precise number upon a perceived momentary dip in my conscience, I had hoped to leave this building. For me, it was a matter of escape. But, as it is apparent, the shackles this place deceitfully slipped around my throat held firm, and I stayed to stare, to swell, to desire the place to fall. For, when that happens, either my fetters will break, or, as I may now desire, will remain strong in the aged state and drag me to the depths along with my dictator. Uh, thanks, Greg, for sharing. That was a great reading of a very complex story. Great reading. I messed <laughs> up with <Ridley's> through. <laughs> Whatever. It was beautiful. You're lying to me. I don't like this. It was very emotional. I appreciate oh, um, it. So here I will take a moment to share a little bit of insight about montage and the process for being selected because... Um, It kind of relates to Greg's story. So (laughs) what happens is um, students from all over McKendry uh, campus send in their submissions to Dr. Mueller, who is our faculty sponsor, and then she sends those submissions to the the editors or co-editors, I guess, and so without names. So Alexis and I got all these submissions without names, and so we read through them before we recruited a team of students to help us select um, which ones were actually going to make it in the magazine. And I remember when we read your story, I was kind of like, I wonder if this is Greg's because <laughs> because I have a poetry class with you and sometimes you po- it's a little ambiguous and I just wasn't quite sure. But I remember we both really enjoyed it. We just weren't quite sure what was actually happening. And I don't know if it was like, mid to late semester brain mush or what (laughs) and so I was excited that you wanted to come do this so that um we could give the readers a little bit more insight into what your um inspiration for this piece was maybe and a little bit more about what it's actually about because I think you said your mom was confused about it too right (laughs) yeah she 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 went to the the live reading and she she was she's Oh yeah, that was the reaction. <laughs> it's beautifully written, and oh, so well, I appreciate it, and I'm glad we were able to include it. But yeah, maybe if you could just give us a little bit of insight. Well, um, looking at the montage book, <laughs> going to the sorry, I'm flipping through pages. The letter from the editors, dear readers, yada yada yada, and important stuff. Here you will find poetry. 
about topics ranging from depression to peanut butter to jazz music in Russia. You'll enjoy fic- short fiction that transport you from a city full of mythical creatures in hiding to a decrepit schoolhouse <laughs> in which a ghost ponders his body. Mm-hmm. That that second one, that last one was mine. <laughs> it's, uh, we only reached that after we discussed what the story was about, though, <laughs> to yeah, be fair. Yeah. No, it's, it's <laughs> meant to be a... Uh, yeah, it's a, essentially that's what it is. It's a ghost stuck in a schoolhouse, just like, hey, uh, this is my life now. I don't know how long I've been here. I, uh, and I did find it confusing. There's that, that whole odd um, consciousness break where there's, there's two voices, but only one character. It was intentional. It was mm-hmm. intentional to be confusing. Because, I mean, the way I like to write, is, especially from first-person point mm-hmm. of views, is that I feel like the prose should uh, should mirror the state of the of the um, uh, of the speaker, and I mean, he doesn't know how long he's been. His consciousness is messed messed up. It's he doesn't. He's just very confused about the situation. I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. No, I, was, I definitely think that comes across, and maybe that contrib- contrib- attributed contributed to, contributed <laughs> to some of our confusion as well. I think um, so I was going to ask. What was that? So I, I kind of meant it for Yeah, good. I was going to ask, like, the comment about the automated school system. Is that, like, a commentary on our public school system, or was that... Oh, a bit. I, I, I like to add a little bit snark in the mind. But actually, that came from... So a little, little, little thing about the piece is I had this gone through many, 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 many... Co- many, many drafts. <laughs> uh, many drafts? Many drafts. <laughs> I... The first draft I wrote shortly after high school while I was attending community college. Oh, wow. And it was inspired in part by um, a teacher mm-hmm. uh, who I had in high school who was talking about he's been there. He's been at teaching for 30 years. He talks about how every four years these students come and then they're gone the next and he gets new people. And he he, he oftentimes feels kind of stuck, like just, just chilling out at school. And all these kids are, are going up. They're going to grow into adults and leave them and he sees them and gets like, a new badge every year exactly kind of. and he mm-hmm. sees the students 10 years down the road and he's like oh these are the, the adults now mm. and the, the f- very first draft i had was 15 pages it was oh my gosh heavily focused <laughs> on that um i <coughs> and that was the main thing now just the ghosts hanging out seeing these kids it, it had took place many different years he was seeing these kids being like hey i don't like you kids you gotta leave. I don't. Um, that 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 original draft though, just that one line. That's what it's. That's yeah. the remnants of it now. No, that's really interesting. That's a um, something that I personally have never thought about. Just the idea that because I know I still have um, some. Of the, I mean, I graduated from high school in two thousand two, so I'm kind of a non-traditional <laughs> student. <laughs> but I still have teachers who are still teaching at the same school that I went to. So just to think about them shuttling through students after or class after class after class and still stuck yeah still stuck in the same school so that's interesting do you um because you're a creative writing minor as well yes, right correct major buddies greg okay. and i are both english literature and writing track we have about 200 classes that <laughs> feels like. he's talking me pretty much <laughs> But um, do you, so you said you wrote this, was this for fun then, or was this this for a class assignment? That's awesome. Yeah, again, this is this piece I've 
been working on for a long time. It's gone through many. This is in the final draft by far. Yeah. Honestly, there's multiple different versions of it with the same idea, just running from different mm-hmm. different concepts of it. I don't know. It's because I'm not smart enough to come up with other ideas, so I recycle the same thing. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I mean, it's the it's strategy works. It was a good piece. This one actually, <laughs> this this particular version, which I I do not not to say I'm putting in, in an unfinished work in the montage, but it still needs it's still an early an early mm. version. I think it needs a lot of polish, but it was. I started working on this specific one uh, this semester mm-hmm. after reading for Dr. Greenfield's Romantic Lit. We read excerpts from De Quincey's. Um, it was De Quin- It was De Quincey's uh, Confessions of an English Opium Eater, mm-hmm. and it, I remember reading it. He was talking about how during nights when he would uh, he would be um, uh, on opium, he would he would be awake all night, like at one minute, one second was like an eternity, and he just that that whole experience reminded me of the piece that I had I had written a few years prior and I was like wow I'm gonna revisit this and do it more yeah. De Quincey style no that's awesome I think that's one of the cool things about being an English major as a writer is that we pick up inspiration from all these great pieces of works that we're reading in our classes so do you um I know we're we're both taking intro to poetry writing right now but do you tend to write more prose than poetry yeah I do I don't is poetry class a struggle for you then? Because it kind of is for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm much more of a prose writer. Yeah. Do you write with like pen and paper too, or are you? I mo- mainly write at the computer at home. I do on occasion go out to like I live near Carlisle. Go out to Carlisle Lake, sit in nature, and just write. Aww. It's, it's mainly just. It's just. No, well, actually, that's, that's <laughs> no, that's a complete lie. I sit at home in my, in my pajamas and in eat dark Doritos. basement with Doritos. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't do that at all. It's that's just, awesome. It's just, Are you planning to write a lot this summer? Uh, well, last summer I said, I, "Yeah, you bet." I wrote like like a page and a half. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you bet," and I'm gonna <laughs> write like a page and a half. <laughs> Are you gonna write this summer, Anna? I hope so. I plan to do a lot of reading. Awesome. Me too. I was just saying, as soon as I take my last final, I'm going to go to the library and have my friend load my arms up with all, <laughs> all her book recommendations. I still have a stack of books from Christmas. Oh, my I gosh. I I know it's so tempting. Oh, that's crazy. Um, I recently bought the uh, the, um, uh, the complete, um, what's his name, Shakespeare? Shakespeare's complete books. So oh, did you? That's going to be oh. So you're going to tackle that? Are you taking Shakespeare this semester? Um, no. Oh, me either. I actually got next year. I, I got it because I had purchased the Riverside Chaucer, which mm-hmm. is Chaucer's complete books, which I am taking a Chaucer class. And then I was like, hey, they have a Riverside Shakespeare as well for like ten bucks. So nice. Like, ten bucks is pretty good for that score. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming and sharing a little bit more. Um, insight into your works if you have not gotten a copy of montage i know dr mueller still has like half a box left in her office so you can try and hunt her down in carnegie i'm not sure the room number but she's near one of the stairwells (laughs) but um yeah this is something that we're gonna try and continue to do with every year's edition of montage i alexis and i won't be the editors next year but we're gonna try and push next year's editors to do it so listeners anna greg if this is something that you're interested in doing i know they will be looking for new editors next year it's really fun it's a good experience 
and yeah also we did of course we'll need submissions next year too so and as anna can contest or attest to it's not just for english majors so anybody who likes to write or create art we had a lot of really great artwork in this year's edition too um keep the spring semester deadline in mind so yeah thanks for joining us do you guys have anything else to add no no (laughs) goodbye (laughs) goodbye audience (laughs) thanks